drop reflecting on the water as the sun shuts her eyes don't know why you uncover watch the tide rolling with the moonlight everything is silent on this easy listening to Missing Magnolias. We are a Louisiana true crime podcast. I'm Scarlett. I've got a full house with me today. We've got Dr. Michelle Janice, and we've also got returning Jen Norris, retired U.S. Air Force chronicler and crusader of military justice for all. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to our other episode with Jen and circle back with us. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me. I appreciate coming back. I don't know if you know, but Michelle and I are like your new groupies. Thank you. I really appreciate your genuine concern about this entire issue and having these discussions with me. What you're doing is just so amazing. And we really encourage people to listen to our last episode as well as visit Jen's site, Military Justice for All, and check out all the social media. We'll definitely drop links. Today, we wanted to focus our attention specifically on private Paige Fontenot Brills. She was from Kaplan, Louisiana, so she's one of our own. Paige's story is truly heartbreaking on the level of Lavina Johnson, Vanessa Guion, and we just wanted to take a moment to really shed light on Paige's story. It shares a lot of similarities with other soldiers and their stories. This episode mostly relies on the details provided from Military Justice for All, for without which there's really no digital footprint of what happened at Fort Hood to Private Paige Fontenot. There's no record of her death or service, even in our local media via a simple Google search. Paige's story now only exists with those who knew her best. So we're here today to bring it back to the forefront. We are respecting the Fontenot's privacy currently, but we welcome anyone to come forward with comments or additional information. This really is just the tip of the iceberg in Paige's story. There's a lot more information and we hope to have a follow-up episode in the future. On Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2016, Army Private Paige Fontenot joined what's colloquially known as the Fort Hood Fallen. Paige had just turned 21. She had enlisted in the Army in February of 2015. Now she was finally old enough to legally drink. Her birthday fell just after Halloween. Many of her peers graduated to go on to trade school or universities. The Kaplan Herald would publish the headline, Fontenot graduates from basic training. Her mother, Terry Fontenot, would keep the newspaper clipping so she could repost on Facebook with the caption, Proud army mom, exclamation, exclamation. My baby girl made the newspaper. After training, Paige would return to Fort Hood where she was permanently assigned to work there as a wheeled vehicle mechanic. With sadness, Paige would disclose to her parents, John and Terry, that on her way back to basic training at Fort Jackson, that she was raped by her recruiter, but did not report the incident. When Paige returned to Fort Hood, she was quickly deployed in October, 2015 to Kuwait. Paige returned home early in December 2015. She had been injured in the line of duty when she was found under a vehicle, unresponsive. She shared with family that, quote, she saw things that no one should have to see. While in Kuwait, Paige met and married another soldier who she knew very little about. They had a contractual marriage as of January 2016. CID noted that they shared an apartment together on the base at Fort Hood. Paige entered this marriage after experiencing subsequent traumas, the rape, the experiences in Kuwait. They left Paige prone to further offenses. In August of 2016, Paige's new husband was forced her to have an abortion. This culminated in a mental breakdown for Paige. 
she was hospitalized for 28 days and was eventually transferred to the Warrior Transition Unit. Free from her husband, Paige was given a period of a few months to become healthy, and she started to feel more like herself. She planned with her family to discharge from the Army in February of 2017, where she would live back home with her parents and her young sister, Nikki. She had plans to go back to school and become a dental hygienist. Paige put in her request for the holidays in 2016, that year, but was denied. She stayed on base on Christmas Eve, where she had plans to house and pet sit for a friend who also lived on the base. Paige's last movements are chronicled via her Snapchat. She sends a snap of herself in holiday mode, and she captions her selfie, here's to another Christmas alone. She appears happy and healthy. She believes, although she is alone for this holiday, that she's coming home soon. The Army would have you believe that 30 minutes after she sent that timestamp snap, Paige committed suicide. Initially, after Paige was found unresponsive in her vehicle, CID investigated her death as a homicide. As Jennifer Norris has outlined, the Army does not have to investigate further when a death is ruled a homicide. Once ruled a suicide, the investigation is over and the Army never has to reopen the case. Despite the forensics, autopsies, suspect circumstances, and counter testimonies of witnesses and family, the Army maintains that Paige's death is a suicide. Jen, in 2017, on her own dime, went to Washington to lobby on behalf of Paige as well as other soldiers for reform. I'm going to let Jen speak and help us share Paige's story. Thanks for telling Paige's story like that. Part of the reason that I created the Military Justice for All website was to honor these individuals who have lost their lives while serving the non-combat death. I recognize that their digital footprints were minimal on a lot of these cases. So I just felt like as a victim of crime in the military that it's not their fault that they died while serving to something other than combat. That's why I did this basically mission accomplished. Paige is remembered at least in one way and not the way that it actually looked, which is like they didn't even matter. They really do matter and they matter to me. We've had a lot of people that we've lost in these kind of circumstances and every single one of them matters. To help you understand how Paige ended up being someone that I advocated for in Washington, D.C., I told you in the last interview that it was a missing persons case that got me interested in Fort Hood to begin with in 2016. So this missing persons case, Dakota Stump, is what made my spidey senses kick in and go, wait a minute, what's going on at this base? By the end of the year, ending with Paige's death, we had logged close to 40 non-combat deaths, notating wow, this is a lot of people dying at one base. What's going on here? What ended up happening is I became a repository for Gold Star families to come to me with concerns about the way the cases were being investigated, which included Paige's mom. Paige's situation, I just thought it was a suicide until her family turned to us. And we started hearing the same things that we were hearing with other cases that year. Paige's family was one that wanted her story to go to D.C. With the Fort Hood report being revealed, we recognized that we weren't crazy, that all these Gold Star families turning to me with concerns about the way their loved ones' cases were investigated were legit. 
I just want to read you this specifically from the Fort Hood report to let the listener understand that even if they didn't make a mistake and it is a suicide, that's just as important as if it was a homicide. Here's what Fort Hood should have been doing all along that wasn't even done in Cage's case and many other cases, as we've learned. Here's what they were supposed to do that we learned in the Fort Hood report. The case file, and this is for both on and off post, but I'm pointing out specifically off post because we have heard so many comments about how can you hold that off post thing against Fort Hood? That wasn't their fault. Well, yes, it is. That's their people. They're responsible for investigations of their people, whether it be for homicide purposes or suicide purposes. And we've learned that they're supposed to investigate suicides on post and off post to help prevent other suicides, which is not happening. So the case file review also revealed that off-post suicides and deaths were not fully investigated by CID to determine whether there were contributory causes such as lifestyle issues, locations, or other influences that would inform the command about certain activities, people, and places off-post that may be higher risk for their soldiers. Such information would enable the formulation of remedial actions for the health and safety of soldiers living off post. I think that's key to everybody understanding that if the Fontenot family feels like Paige's case wasn't investigated properly, there's your answer right there. Why? We might only have Paige's family side of the story here as a digital footprint. But I believe her based on what these other Gold Star families have told me as well. And now the Fort Hood report has backed up. When Paige's family came to me and they said initially this was being investigated as a homicide and then all of a sudden it switched to a suicide, that just played into all the other issues that had come up with not just Fort Hood, but with other investigations that had occurred overseas that were connected to Fort Hood. It sounds like Paige's case is one of many, a drop in the bucket. And it appears to be that the military is not doing its job to protect its people. Right. And civilians seem to be pretty okay with just ignoring the problem. We've known that there are mental health problems that have been going on in the armed forces for years. The average person knows that perhaps the VA doesn't function in the way that is best for veterans. I think we largely, if we're not personally affected, it's easy for us to ignore that. We say Happy Veterans Day and we fly our flag, but we ignore the people who are fighting for us, and that is a shame. It is, and I think part of it is because there is no one place to go to understand the big picture, which is why I filled that niche with Military Justice for All. I wanted to pull together all the issues so people could see in one place how it's all connected and part of the problems that we've got to tackle. The stuff that happened with Fort Hood and other places happened by accident because families had nowhere else to turn. That's not necessarily the public's fault in not understanding that they make mistakes. I didn't think of that. If the family didn't turn to me, I wouldn't think, oh, wow, the Army made a mistake with that. There was some cases where we were concerned where overseas they labeled one thing and they thought it might be another thing, like you had stated with the Lavina Johnson case. There was stuff like that that made me realize, okay, there's something to this. Let's look into this further. I didn't realize there was as many as there were. 
let's just talk about Fort Hood and some of the things that have happened with those folks long before we ever found out about Paige so you can see what we're dealing with here. One of the cases that really stood out to me when I started looking at non-combat death overseas of women was Tina Priest. She was from Fort Hood and she died from what they called a non-combat related incident in Iraq. Although her death was ruled a suicide, the family has suspected rape and murder from day one. She died March 1st, 2006. Her story has been, I don't want to say covered extensively, but covered a lot more than other people's stories. And I'm glad for that because it was cases like Tina's and Lavina's that helped me be more open to the fact that they could be making mistakes in other areas. Another important case that people have been talking about is the Kamisha Block case. She was from Fort Hood. She died August 16, 2007, what is now being referred to as a murder-suicide in Iraq. But what we learned from digging into that case is her family was told that their daughter, Kamisha, died by friendly fire, only to find out at her funeral that she had been shot execution-style in her temple. That's when they realized, okay, wait a minute, this wasn't a friendly fire incident. She was shot multiple times, including execution style, and had her family not investigated further and probed further as to what happened, they never even would have learned that their daughter died by a murder-suicide by someone in her chain of command. And what that case taught us was that this family proved, proved, that a case that was a murder was mislabeled as friendly fire and it connected back to Fort Hood. Now Fort Hood can't say that they've made no mistakes. I wanted to give you history to help you understand that this has been going on for years prior to Paige dying in 2016. These families are really the whistleblowers. Thank you for fighting on their behalf. I can't imagine what kind of toll that must take because their stories are just, they're just heartbreaking. If, in fact, some of these cases are a suicide, that warrants further investigation and we should start implementing tools for them so that we can prevent these deaths of these young soldiers. And I know this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. Please come back because we want more information and updates. I really appreciate you having me on so we can talk about the totality of the circumstances to help the listener see how Paige fits into an overall pattern of things just at one base. We've got good data to work with to help people understand what's going on with Fort Hood because of what happened this past year with Vanessa Guillen. Her family said Vanessa Guillen's going to change the military, and they're right about that. Absolutely. We're excited for things to come. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I look forward to keeping you guys updated because we're not done yet. We need a way to reopen these things, and we're going to keep plugging away at that. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.